I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. That's it, baby. <laughs> oh, man. I, yo, Ed, I think he was shy. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, was, that was the first time he was like, ready to worship. <laughs> I, think I, came from, I think Mike threw you off. I think off. it was a joke. Now would it be a joke? He worship, baby. Yeah, I had like five weeks to come up with a new shtick. Why would we come up with a new shtick? It's worship. It's worship. It's oh, led by the Holy Spirit. Right up. And we oh. still doing the same season, right? <laughs> Maybe new season. Uh, I'm working on material now. That's <laughs> some new material, man. Oh, so um, what up, what up? Welcome to the Norm Part. Wrap what up, up what up? Wrapping up Genesis. Yes, sir. Thank you for yes, tuning sir. in. We finally got a chance to get back, back together and discuss um, this season. Yeah, man. This season yes. was great. What we did about 10 months. <laughs> oh, Genesis, baby. A long time. Every yeah. week. In that word. Yeah, Genesis is a wonderful that's book. That's what it's all about. Nah, but it's, it's been a minute, man. What y'all been up to? Ain't nothing new, man. The world is still going to hell. And... <laughs> <laughs> everything, is, everything is falling apart, but. Yeah, you know, man. Falling into place. Hey. Ooh, I mean, it's you know what I'm saying? The, war, the world. Not the world. our world, <laughs> the world. That you know, that's all lining is, up. It's that world all... is falling all apart. But again, you know, you know, Holy Spirit has been keeping each and every one of us. So, yeah, honestly, it's, it's been good. You know, we we've been getting together for it was a while, right? Season one was a long time. It was kind of weird taking that long break mm-hmm. and not. Because we was just in the groove of coming through and yeah. recording and going through the work. Yeah. So getting that little break. I mean, it was good. We got, needed a break, guys. Got a chance to do a lot of stuff, take care of a lot of business. You needed a break. You told me we don't need no break, man. But while I was in the... You need to be caught up. While I was... Yo, my man was like, why are we taking a break for? You don't need no break. You don't know. You don't know you need a break until you're in the break. Exactly. And then you're like, yo, I needed this. Exactly. So I listen to Mike. I don't listen to Mike hardly ever. (laughs) And and I would... uh, But I did listen to him then, so... I look at it like, yo, bros, always better to sit at the feet of Jesus than to just be busy and serving. You know, yeah. Mary and Martha. You know, so Mary and Martha. Like, the serving is, you know, Christ didn't say Martha was doing anything wrong, but he said Mary chose the better part. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how it always is when it comes to serving and resting and sitting at the, the feet of the Lord. And that's how I look at it. You know, like, there's nothing, like, serving, you know, we're called to serve, and it's beautiful, but, you know, when you're sitting at the feet of the Lord and just getting replenished and getting poured into, that's always going to be the better part, you know, and that's how I look at it. So that's why resting periods is always a good thing. Yeah, because sometimes you don't realize, like, how How hard you're going. Just going, right? And, you know, especially as men, sometimes we just put blinders on and we just... Keep going, Mm -hmm. but it's good to take a step back and especially process, you know, what we we kind of went through, you know, and that's the reason we do kind of do the wrap up show to kind of process Genesis, you know, and as we went through Genesis chapter by chapter, how it affected us, 
some of the things we relearned or some of the things that we learned for the first time, whatever God revealed to us, you know, the Holy Spirit revealed to us in that, um, in that season and just reflecting on it and giving glory to God like, man, you know, I grew or I, I drew closer to God or I got a better understanding Amen. of, yeah. you know, who he is and so yeah man we just you know I miss you guys I know <laughs> <laughs> that uh what is that, that koinonia you know what I mean amongst the yeah. brothers that's yeah. important and we, we've been fortunate enough to, to be in a church that just loves fellowship you know loves discipleship mm-hmm. you know and it's crazy because what the, they see here we were doing for years every Saturday morning but with like Ten, ten, fifteen dudes sometimes, you know, and mm-hmm. and you know the Lord gave Mike an idea just to to start the podcast and bring that to the world, and he's been obedient. We've been obedient, and uh, yeah. the Lord is blessing it, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it is a wonderful thing because you know what? I speak to a lot of people, and you know, a lot of my boys I occasionally call from the, you know, from either from college or from med school, a couple of friends, and you know, some of them recently got saved. And I got a chance to like experience and talk to them and like, and I, and I, and they share with me the troubles that they go through with their walk. And every time I talk to them is because they don't have people around them. And it was such a blessing to know like getting saved and then to have these, have you guys, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. On e- we're on each other. You know, we constantly checking for each other is that constant account- accountability with one another. You know what I'm saying? And I think that is, that was the greatest part of my walk is having this because not a lot of people get saved a lot of people get saved and you know and never been discipled and never go through that process and never have meant to walk along this walk with and it's very difficult for them you know the world is attacking them families attack all these things and they have no men to bounce ideas off to talk to to pray with to read the word with to be in the trenches with you know so it's like it's amazing to have, you know, to have you guys just like, yo, right here, to, we're together. We've gone through this. We've been through the trenches. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, that's that real koinonia. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Through thick and thin, the, the fighting, the arguing with each other and all that yeah. stuff. But it was always in love and it was always in, like, sharpening each other so that we could grow closer, not only to one another, but closer to him. Because yeah. you, can't, you can't do it alone, right? No. Because... It's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. Genesis. Mm-hmm. Ah. So you see how I kind of... What kind of nice segue? segue was that? See that segue, right? <laughs> I, I, I kind of I like that I segue, like that though. <laughs> and that was one of the, you know, that section of the Bible where we're reading about creation and Adam being born, uh, being created, and it wasn't good for him to be alone. So mm-hmm. we, we spoke about Adam. We spoke about, you know... Eve, and we spoke about that relationship and marriage, and um, just you know the Lord creating man, giving man free will. And what are your thoughts? What What are some of the things that? And that was that was one of the the hot points in this in this series where we kind of discuss stuff. One one of one of the points I want to bring up is with the you know the the tree of life and the tree of Knowledge and good and evil, mm-hmm. right? And we were discussing that. What What are some of the things you guys 
Yeah, I look at it as just um like just you know um the whole point of creation, you know, creating man. You know, you, you had God, he created you know, he created the the earth, he created the stars and everything and then the animals and it was all for man. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all to put man in a place, but the main purpose was to have a relationship with us. And I think that's what kind of Ralph you're bringing up like a lot of people don't have people to go alongside of them. And it's just they don't have those real relationships. They don't have those people that they can walk with. And I think that's that was the whole purpose of God creating man, you know, to have relationships. You know, you think about, you know, um, God, the father gaining, you know, a family, sons and daughters, mm-hmm. you know, uh, God, the son getting a bride, you know, having a wife. And it's like but it's all about relationships because God is a relationship. You know, you have God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. They are a relationship. They are a relational God, you know, and I think that was the main purpose of, you know, um, creation. And that was the main purpose of um, us. I think us going through Genesis just to understand that life is about relationships. That's that's the most important thing to God. That's a good point. You know, because yeah. he's a relationship, right. you know, and it's like what you said. It's not. That's why he's that's why when he created everything, it was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. But man being alone, that's not good. That's not good. Where's the relationship? You know, he don't he he does he doesn't have someone that he can have a relationship with. And he's like you like we was going through how all the animals, you know, he brought all the animals to them. He wanted them to see, you know, the male animal, the female animal, look how they have a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's why Adam was like, Wow, I don't have nobody as my counterpart to have a relationship. And I think that's what God wanted to show mankind. This thing is all about relationship. Yeah. This is what I'm about. You know? And you know what? And from that point is I think that's one of the things that really hit me the most going through Genesis is that point that you made which really gave me a new uh, a new picture um, of how the father is when you said like when you have guests coming over to the house and I remember so clear you said you have guests coming over what do you do you clean the house mm-hmm. you set up the chairs right. fix the room fix the bed you do all that even put I remember you said even put a little chocolate <laughs> on the bed mm-hmm. for when your guests come in they're like oh wow you know and you go to the hotels when you have these trips where they got every time you come in the towel is in the shape of a swan you right, know right, right. turtle that's, you know that's, that's the expensive hotel <laughs> but it's like it's that welcoming knowing that you know <laughs> listen I prepare and like it really gave me a vision of like yo the father like prepared this earth for us you know, and he did all that because he loved us and he's waiting for, yo, I'm about to create, I'm about to do my greatest creation here, I'm about to create man and I'm going to prepare this place for him yeah. and I'm going to set him here and I'm going to give him a bride and, you know, and we're just going to fellowship yeah. with one another. And even like, even when you're talking about like the fall, you know, how I would describe it, God was walking in the cool of the day, mm-hmm. you know, because they, he wants to paint the picture that that's what him and Adam did. They had this relationship. They would go, walk, they would walk every day, you know. And when Adam sinned, he hid, and that's what you, you know, that's the picture you saw. You saw that that was broken, mm-hmm. you know. Right. That fellowship, that time that they spent together every day, walking through the garden. You know, God is walking with Adam and teaching him, and he's learning. You see that picture? It was broken, you know. Adam, now Adam and Eve, you're hiding. And it says that God was walking through. It was like, nah, this is what we do every day. But the picture was the relationship was broken. Right. And that's why you're constantly seeing it 
you know, you keep seeing that type through the through Genesis. Like mm -hmm. it's all about relationship, 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 family, this, right. you know. So, so in that that you know, relationship being a central uh, one of the characters of God, right? How He values that. We saw the establishment of a particular relationship, right? The relationship between man and woman. Right. So we saw the institution of marriage um, created in the first few chapters of, of the book of Genesis. Yep. And, you know, marriage being, being between a man and a woman, right? And that's one of the um, institutes, or that's one of the relationships that's really being attacked, yeah. right? And, you know, just going through Genesis, you, I got a better understanding of the purpose of marriage. Mm -hmm. And when we started reading about the fall and the curses that the Lord said, all right, well, this is what the woman is going to do, and this is what the man is going to do towards the woman, and this is what the woman is going to do towards the man based on the sin nature that's in them. Now when I look at this man and woman marriage relationships, man and woman relationships now, you see that playing out all day. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Just straight up playing out, but that's not how the Lord meant it to be. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I, I think that was, I think that's like the main, that was like the, that was the first war, you know? Like, like we, call, I think we, we call, call it the war, war of the roses, roses right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think from that, everything else, all wars stem from, you know, that brokenness yeah. of, you know, you man know, and speak, woman. Speaking of war. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. But, you know, I think that's where all wars stem from. You right. know, it's, it's that, that was the first, I think that was the first conflict. Conflict, conflict yeah. on earth. It was just between um, man and woman. You know, you had the earlier conflict, you know, between Satan and God, which is we know that's behind the scenes, but I'm talking about on earth. Right. When that was broken, you know, mm -hmm. but it's, it starts with the man and the woman, you know, and we're seeing, like you said, we're seeing it play it playing out now. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, everywhere you go, everything is about relationships. That's all people talk about all day relationships why men can't get with women why women can't get with men why you know there's not more marriages and you know people are single people are looking for you know everywhere you go that's that's like the main topic point of any show any other podcast is just all about relationships, relationships yeah. everybody's right. talking about and they're trying to figure out how to you know get that back together right you know everybody's right. trying to everybody got the answer Everybody's trying to got their different answers. Oh, we got to treat women like that. No, no, no. We got to treat men like that. We got to do this to men. We got, and you're seeing that war, but it started there, you know, mm -hmm. with Adam and Eve breaking yeah. that fellowship. And this, you know, before that happened, you know, they had a relationship with God. That's why it was good. Right. You know, but when they broke that fellowship with God, then it affected their relationship. Everything fell so apart. So the only way we're going to get back to where men and women could stop warring and beefing and, you know, we can get relationships back together is we got to fix the first relationship and that's between God and mankind. Right. And that's just talking about the relationship, the relationship that oh, that pops out at me is the one with God and, and humanity, right? And how we broke his heart, mm -hmm. you know, and multiple times, and I'm, I was going to read a couple scriptures when we get there, but the one in verse, uh, in chapter 3, uh, verse 21, it says, For Adam and his wife, the Lord God, made tunics of skin and clothed them. 
And when I see that picture, I see someone, a parent whose heart is broken. Literally, this, this scripture jumps out at me as God put clothes on them. He dressed them in preparation to be sent into a, a world that was now doomed. Right. You know what I mean? And if you guys have children, imagine dressing your, your son or your daughter to go into war that he may not come out of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And when I read that, when I read that verse again, as I was, you know, trying to yeah. summarize, I just pictured God with a broken heart dressing his children and, mm. and, and what he had to kill an innocent animal, you know what I mean? Who did nothing wrong in order to provide the clothes. So there was, he had to destroy more of his perfect creation to cover up the sin that broke his heart. Mm-hmm. And everyone always says the God of the Old Testament is just this horrendous warlord who just kills and kills and kills. But reading through Genesis, <laughs> all you see is grace. Yeah. You see his grace. He could have destroyed us so many times, mm-hmm. but the, the God's heart was for that relationship that the only thing God gets out of creation is a family. That's all That's he gets. It. It's all he gets for eternity. Now he has a family. And um, the other verse that I read real quick was just, you know, with Noah, right? Um, In chapter 6, verse 6, and it says, The Lord was very sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. How is God, who's always been there, who created the earth, how is his heart grieving? You know what I mean? Like to read that. And to think of God, who's who we broke his heart, and we, to today, till this day, we always break his heart. Whenever we yeah. choose a sin over him, we're breaking God's heart. Yeah. And that compassion that he has for us still, that he's still, you know, human humanity should have been destroyed, should have been wiped out. But he, you know, with Noah and his family, he saved them and he gave another chance. So I just see grace in everything in, in, in Genesis and it's just I stand in awe of who God is and that he is a God of love first and foremost. Yes. And um, you, yeah. you see those points yeah. you bring out, you see the subtleties and some of the acts of God yeah. or how the scriptures describe. We could always remember the parting of the sea, right? Mm. The big flashy right. stuff, the big miracles like, oh, but you see the subtlety of you know, he closed them mm. or, you know, his heart was grieved. Sometimes we read that and we kind of gloss so Skip over right. real quick, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the other stuff, right, whether he's, you know, exacting judgment. Exactly. That stands out real big. I think it should be the other way. Like mm. those little yeah. subtleties that's actually you're able to peek into his heart. Those are the, in reading Genesis, those are some of the points you know, especially Ange, like, you're real sensitive to those things. And you kind of bought it out. Yeah. I started to see it more, right? Mm. And I, I think you opened it up or, no, you said it where people kind of view the Old Testament yeah. God like it's some, you know, yeah. warlord, you're distance right. warlord. warlord. But when you go into the New Testament and you read about Jesus and his love, you're like, wait a minute. But as we went through Genesis, we saw the exact same God, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But you have to, as you sit and you meditate and we get into these discussions, and these things just pop out. You see, just the way you describe how a parent would dress their child, 
right? Comfort them. That's the that's the same message that I got from that, mm-hmm. right? Right? When it said, you know, his heart was grieved, you'll yeah. quickly gloss over that. Right. But when you really think about, wait a minute, you telling me God, the creator, creator of heaven and earth, you're telling me he was grieved? If you meditate and think about think about that, like yeah. Oh, it blows your mind. In fact, even oh, you, in fact, even in the, the destruction, right? Even when looking at the flood and people look at oh, and you said before he went to the flood, his heart was grieved. But even in the flood, you're still seeing his grace and his love because not just that he he saved Noah and his family, but because he saw the estate of humanity if it continued that way. Because of like the fallen angels, and we saw the reasoning behind the flood and how um, humanity was being contaminated by the fallen angels and Satan. So he's like, if this continues, there will be no hope. Right. There will be no way to recuperate this. So in order for humanity to have any chance, because I love them so dearly, I have to wipe this out and start from a clear slate because my love for them is so much. In order to prevent that sin from perpetuating to a total night because like this because it would have gotten worse and worse and worse but because of his love he's like i'm gonna stop it here to prevent it from getting any worse and think about the fact that while the flood while his creation was being destroyed you know he wasn't up there laughing (laughs) you know his heart was grieving the entire time yeah you know and just we the the pride that we have as humans makes us look at god as that warlord that just enjoys destroying people. But we deserve that judgment. Amen. We all deserve it. We don't deserve to, to have a God who grieves for us, a God who loves for us, a God who clothes us. We don't deserve that. Yet we overlook it right. every day. Every day when we take a shower, when we get dressed, when we go to work, and we're like, oh, work is hard, Lord. One, you're alive. <laughs> you have a roof <laughs> over your head. You have food that you ate. You have a job. We overlook his kindness and all the time. And we always just, it's always the focus on us instead of how does God feel about what we're doing? You know what I mean? And just that whole relationship with <clears throat> chapters 1 through 11, you know, God's relationship with humanity. And then 12 through the end is God's relationship with Israel. You know, there shouldn't have even been an Israel because of Adam. You know what right. I mean? Like, there should there should have been nothing. We should have been destroyed. You know, yet even getting chapters 12 through through the end... It's grace, you know, and the people that he uses, you know, just to um, to bring back that relationship from people to God. Like that's that's what chapter 12 started. Like right. God is like, how do I get these people back to a relationship with me? You know, and that's where he created Israel. And, so why you, why do you think you know? it's like why do you think we see him like that? Like, why do you think people see him? I mean, like part that? of me is like, I think the pride we we think. <laughs> that we deserve more than than what we do. And yeah. I think as, as, a, as a human being, that pride just makes me think that God, I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to a good life um, when you're not. You know, when you understand, and that's what God has been showing me the last year or two in my walk, is I've been understanding his grace and understanding that I don't deserve it. And it drops me to my knees often where I'm like, God, I, I'm the worst, yet you love me. Why? You know, and not until we get to heaven 
will he be able to explain it to me because I don't know why God loves me. You know what I mean? I break his heart all the time. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. The problem is that self is on the throne. We're filled with pride. And what happened is that we turn that entitlement turn into like we judging God. Like we got him on this, you know, understand. And we're like, we're judging you. Show me that you're real. Show me that you're all powerful. Show me that you're all loving. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Do you truly love me? You don't love me. You're not real. So it's like, now nah, you're putting God on trial and you don't deserve because now you're sitting, you set yourself on the throne because of that pride. And this is where everything starts breaking down. And it's that sinful nature where, we, like you said, we deserve hell. We deserve nothing but the wrath of God. But it is but God, right? And I, I, I honestly think that's why, you know, we kind of look at God like that is because of his love, you know, mm. and it's like, like you said, that yeah. sin nature in us is so bad. It's like, you know, um, you take advantage. Yeah. You know, you take advantage of people who are nice to you, you know, right. yes. <laughs> it's yeah. the people yeah. who are born, you know, uh, fire and brimstone is like, okay, that's when we're going to get everything in order. But because I think God's love is just so great and his grace and his mercy. Like you said, like you could be dead. You know, that's what you do deserve. And he does it. He has grace and mercy. Like the scripture says, it says God didn't come back because he's, he forgot, you know, like he, 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 don't, he doesn't understand what's going on. No, it's because he's long suffering, right. you know, because of who he is, because his nature, he is really love. That's who he really is, that he will sit here and wait till you get it right or even walk you down, mm. you know? And I think that's that's the reason why. And, yeah. you know, again, it goes all the way back to, you know, like we was talking again, the relationship. And it stems from that father-son relationship, that relationship he has with his son, you know? And it's like the way he sees us, like, you know, you get saved, you come to Christ. That's how the scripture says he sees you. He sees you like his son. You know, and that love that he has for his son, he's pouring it out on us. And we will never understand that, mm. you know, because that's something that's from eternity. That's something from before you was even created. You'll yeah. never under, you know, you'll, even when we're in heaven, we'll never fully understand that grace and that mercy of God because it's something that was way before us. Mm. That's between him and his son. And that's where all relationships stem from. You know, yeah. like you said, like you, you mentioned it perfectly. It's like God was a father, you know, and when that when that relationship was broken between Adam and Eve and God, that father, son, daughter relationship, that's when, OK, now every other relationship is going to be broken right. because that's where all relationships stem from. And, you know, if you're a parent and you have a child, you you understand that right. that unconditional love, that love where you would even sacrifice yourself yeah. for your, you know, for, for your kid. And that's who God is, you know, that's who he really is. It ain't, it ain't a play, you know, this ain't, you know, he ain't putting on a show. Mm. This is so who he really is. Let me ask you, do you think that cultural, culturally, the way people are taught plays a role on how people view God? Culturally, what you mean by that? Like, like church, church. Oh. society, yeah, your parents definitely. growing up, definitely. right? Yeah. Your background definitely. and how... You know, you grew up if you, learning if, about God. Like even like even when you go to a psychologist, the first thing they always tell ask you about is your childhood. 
mm-hmm. how you grew up. It always stems, you know, when you see a lot of people who are messed up or going through things, like even all of us, like how we, you know, the lives we lived before we were saved, if you go back and you trace it, there was a lot of things in your childhood that, you know, parents, mm-hmm. siblings, people, somebody did something to you where it was in that childhood where it stemmed from. So I agree, like, the things that we see here is always, it, I think it always stems back to how people are raised, like what they see growing up. Like you said, they, if you grew up all the time and you've seen people playing church, by the time you get older, you hear a lot of people like, well, I don't believe in that church. Why? Because ever since I was little, I saw what they was doing in church. I saw this yeah. church wasn't real. I saw that wasn't real in church, you know? So again, I think it always stems back to, again, that, that father, that son, that parent, child, relationship and just growing up and you seeing people older than you faking the funk playing the role and now when you get older you're like nah i'm not with it but it always stems back to something like that and you know i see it that you know we're witnesses to it the the only way you'll develop that relationship and you'll start to know god is through his word Mm -hmm. right is you you build your faith by hearing you know through hearing the word of god Mm -hmm. When we were younger, we were the same way, right? We had this conception. Sure. But like I said, as we went through Genesis, like I learned something more about God. You know, I learned, look at this, got a deeper understanding of these qualities, right? This grace. Yo, the grace started from in the beginning. It was just there. It's con- So you see... His constant grace throughout his word. Yep. And like I said, as you go into it, as you meditate, it pops out. Mm-hmm. You're just learning more about God. So, you know, like you said, how people don't understand it, it all it always stems back to our people reading. Right. right. And I think that's at the core of this podcast is like, yo, just sit down and read the book. So right? why do you think people are not reading? Why do you think people don't want to read the Word of God? I think part of it is is culturally, right? I think the idea is like you can't read it because you can't understand it, right? Yeah. You also have you also have the enemy that'll tell you that it's not real, yeah. right? It's story. So there's all these things that's in the way, lies that's trying to, you know, eliminate. The word, the word of God, because yeah. right, the enemy knows, dog. If you lock into this, you'll get yeah. to know God, and you'll go grow closer to Him. So how do you get there? Because it's all faith. It's all faith. So it's interesting. That's so, that's that's the word. So it's it's interesting though, because it's like um, early, I think it might have been, because it started in Massachusetts. I forgot the guy's name, but the public school system. I think it was around either fourteen hundred or sixteen hundred, when they first instituted. The public school system, the public school system was to teach the people the word of God. Because they said that the only way for us not to fall into the enemy's hand is for us not to be lied to and for us to understand truth. And the only way the the great deceiver could not lie to you is to give them, to teach them truth. So they actually used to teach the kids like the alphabets through the word of God. Like A. A used to be, not A was for Apple, it was A is for Adam, you know? B mm. is for, you know, the breath of life, you know? C is for Christ. So they learned their alphabets and they learned how to speak English 
through the word of God. So they grew up with the knowledge of God. But even before that, before you even get to the school, the home, the home, the home. But we read how that was broken up. Right? Yeah. Right. So imagine if you had, you know, uh, the institution was was kept intact. Right. Yeah. Imagine if people feared God to the point where like, yo, we, I'm going to work on my marriage and I'm going to fear God or me and my house. We're going to follow the Lord. And you've raised your kids that way. Right. That's it's where it right. starts. That's, yeah. 100%. And we read about how that got, how the conflict in that started. Mm -hmm. right. So it's such a complex. Yeah. It's, it's, it's multifactorial. Right. It's, it's complex. But, you know, at the end, everybody is responsible, personally responsible for their relationship with God. But. I mean, yeah. I think, I think it's it, and it, it. I think it goes back to humility and faith. You know, like because that's why I'm asking. So then, how do you? How would you break through that? Because I the, mean, there's more Bibles in the world than any other book. Bibles is everywhere. You know, Bible so apps. It's like, and the so thing is, is the, why why wouldn't you pick? I think it up that's and a read joke it? in heaven, dog. Huh? I think that's a joke. Why every time somebody walk by a Bible, <laughs> bro? It's, no, the crazy thing is, it's the best selling book of all time right but nobody believes it yeah that's what i and that's what i think yeah. you know what I'm like it doesn't it doesn't add up yeah, I, I would understand like yo if it's scarce maybe if it feels scarce people will believe it <laughs> yeah, yeah but the fact it, that it, it's it so more. readily available that is son how nobody believes and, it. That, and that's what i look at some ancient i think it i think it goes back to humility because dog the bible is truth Every time you pick up that book, you got to deal with you. You got you say it all the time. You're going to have to deal with what it. you yeah. hear. Right. What you hear and what you read, you got to deal with it. And nobody want to deal with it. That's true. Everybody want to sweep everything under the rug because you want to live how you live. Mm -hmm. It goes back to our first season in John. That's how John starts off. In the beginning was the <laughs> right. word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. And then it says what? Yo, the light of the world came into the into the light. The came, light came into the world, but men, men love, love darkness. darkness. Love the darkness. That's it. Love huh? the darkness. You know, it goes back yeah, to and right. every time you pick up that book. I know for me, every time I pick up that book, and I'm reading, something hits, then the tears start flowing, or even in my mind, I'm like, wow, yeah. like I thought I was in a good spot, and I and I think it goes to something where I wanted to say with Angelo. Also, I think. We just don't understand who God is because we don't know God. And one attribute about God that, you know, even in myself, I tend to, you know, you tend to take it easy with is he's holy. Mm. Right. You know, God is holy. And I think if we really understood how holy God is, yeah. we, you know, and it's yeah. not. And I, I don't I think when you get to the other side and you actually see the holiness of God, like, you know, you get to see it and you're fully you know surrounded by it I, that's when i think that's when it's all it all makes sense that's why yeah. I, I don't think on the other side you you're confused yeah, yeah, yeah. because of the holiness of god mm -hmm. you get why there's angels bowing before him all right. day you get why everybody is in order you know around him because of you know that he is the only one that is holy mm -hmm. and i think as we read the word that's what happens because like again, it's the Holy Bible, and when we we're so tainted, we're so, you know, we we we're, we're just so far gone. Yeah. When we read it, we get a glimpse of the holiness of God. 
we see the holiness of God, and it's like, yo, I want no parts I don't of want that. No parts of that. That's why as soon as somebody <laughs> start reading the Bible, it's like, yo, throw a shoe at him, throw a tomato at him, get him out of here. Why? Because it's the light, yeah. it's the holiness, and you get uncovered, right. you know. And it's like, mm -mm. and that's the same thing with Adam. Why went, Adam yeah. and Eve hid, right. you know? Because once you sinned, you was naked, and that holiness of God was walking through the garden. We can't be around that. We're ashamed. You know, we're ashamed. And that's when God had to go through the whole process of sacrificing an animal and Jesus, you know, getting to the, uh, the, who Jesus Christ was. But I think it's, we understand God's character and dog is sin. Like we said, it's pride. I think it's if people just humble themselves, bro, it all starts with humility. It you got to humble yourself and be like, yo, dog, I am the worst and I need God. I need him. And then you're going to go to his word. But until you think you're good, you ain't picking up that book. You're going to keep walking by it. So yeah. as we uh, just segue to a different topic, I want to ask, what's your favorite character out of Genesis? You know, there was a lot of characters that we read about, some more than others. You know, some we got really in-depth in. You know, um, Jacob's life was the greater portion of, you know, Genesis. But going through it this time, like, who is your who's your guy? Like, yo, man, I like this guy, or I don't like this guy, or who kind of, you know? I don't want to start because I'm gonna get blasted by Am. So I'm thinking I, I haven't thought about who my favorite character is. <laughs> well, when you Come think on, about I mean, Genesis, like Joseph, I think most most of us will probably. I mean, say Joseph is. is the obvious answer, but I'm right. trying to be creative. Nah, not me. I you always know. have one favorite character in in, in it. It, it, it doesn't it, have to be a main character. Yeah, it could be, yeah. but I always, yeah. I mean, would it be wrong for me to just say God? <laughs> Too easy. That's a cop out, man. Get out of here, man. We talking about the characters, B. We know. Listen, the whole thing is about God, B. We ain't talk, we a character. Right, if you say God, oh. then what surprised you in Genesis, or what new facet of God? I mean, what what new facet? I guess would be more just. The people that he uses, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's just... These dudes were liars. You know what I mean? They were, you know, um, just cocky. You know, like, if I had to pick one of the human beings, I'd probably go with... Um, with, uh, what's his name? Joseph. No. Yeah, right? Why am I blacking out? <laughs> what he did, what he did. What did Joseph do? He fleed. <laughs> he left his Nikes. He left yeah, his I Jordans. Mean, <laughs> I mean, because yeah, during, during reading like his story, it was something that like touched me because he was just in a horrendous place for a long time, you know, not realizing that God had him there for a specific reason, you know, to to be used to save literally the world. Mm. And I say the world because he saved his brothers. Who one of them was Judah, who the Lord came out of his lineage. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So to 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 be locked up in prison and um, one thing I, I thought about just the character of you know his character versus Paul when Paul was in a place where he was locked up. The word says in Acts sixteen that God literally came and visited him, right? Mm -hmm. And with with Joseph, it doesn't say that. It says that God was with him. 
but it doesn't say that God visited him. And I and I was I, I just wondered, was it more like his character was strong enough that he did not need God to show up, you know, and say, instead of like with Paul who needed, he was in a place where he literally needed to um, to sit next to God. God visited him in prison. So I don't know, just thinking about his character and then just being in a, in a season where nothing is going right but you're you're literally right in God's will and it's hard it's hard to 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 understand that in our personal lives you know when things aren't going right or we're not being blessed with what you're praying for but you you are in God's will and it's hard to understand sometimes you know i think i have um i think i have two folks yeah i got two too i'm gonna take two too and um the first one <clears throat> i think is actually Nimrod. <laughs> Yo. Well, what this guy just said, Nimrod? Let me no, Nimrod. no, not not that I I I like oh I I like them so much, but just to know your enemy, you know, and say what he brought out, right? You know, like a lot of what's going on in this world was started from this rebel that was out to war against God, right? And he was out to destroy humanity. And he was trying to bring humanity into this one world system, one world governance, one form of economy. Right. Because he's like, because we're gonna get, we're gonna band together to fight against the Creator. Right. You know, and that just dispelled throughout the entire Earth, the known Earth at that moment, and we still see the effects of it today. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Where you see his hands, it spilled because it was the work of Satan through him. And you see how it got into these different religious systems. You know, there's all sorts of Osiris and Hero. You got the Egyptology. You got all these, you know, how you see seeped into Catholicism. Hotep. You know, the Imhotep. You see, like, all of these things. that A lot of the things that these people believe, all these false ideologies, you know, um, mm -hmm. it's because of this dude rebelling <coughs> against God. And if we know our enemy... You know, it's a little bit clearer for us to, like, pick out these false religions, these false ideologies, mm -hmm. these false thoughts. Because nothing is new under the sun, right? The same thing that's happening now is the same thing that was happening in the time of Nimrod, where people were rebelling and fighting against God. Mm -hmm. You know, the same one that's giving you breath, you're using that breath to curse him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I kind of, like, I looked at Nimrod as, like, this dude really infiltrated through the work of Satan infiltrate this world and we're what what six thousand years beyond and you still see the effects today you know what i'm saying like the same way when it says like um uh when you come to jesus is your, your life is going to be like living a flowing waters because it's not only going to bless your family but it goes down the line right it goes down to children's children down the line maybe to even different countries you know what i'm saying because as the water you could it travels through many countries and many people get blessed by a person that's you know, get saved, you know, blessing others, sharing the gospel, and it just, you know, it just promulgates down the line. But you see the same thing with wickedness and evil, how it promulgates down the line, you know, if someone doesn't step in and come to know Jesus, right? So that's kind of like the reason why I looked at Nimrod. He was such a big character, and, you know, um, and, and, my, and my other dude is Judah. Why Judah? I just saw... Judah's oh, a good one, dog. Yo. The transformation that happened in Judah's life, 
you know, and the way he stepped up after UC, because they gave us a whole chapter of how he was just reckless, how he went and married and um, took the Canaanite wives, and then how he, he went after his wives died and his children was reckless, and then with Tamar, you know, and all the effects of that, you know what I'm saying? And you you were seeing where the nation was heading because um, he already, like, because he wasn't supposed to be with the Canaanites and all that, and he already was about to destroy the line that Jesus was going to come through. But then he stepped in, and then you see how seeing Joseph and that revelation and him coming to that point of repentance and believing in God and seeing that, yo, this is the way. And then that's why I was like, his transformation, I think, was the greatest to me. Mm. So that's why I kind of like, because, you know, that he was a dirtbag just like me. Well, I, and And I like how the Lord used characters, right? Yeah. These these su supporting role characters to um check the main characters. Right. You think of Abraham, mm. you know what I'm saying? And I'm looking at the pharaohs. You know, when he was he went in and he was ready to lie. Right. You know, tell him that you're my sister so that they won't kill me. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff. So we saw the fear in him. And, you know, these these men, although culturally they was doing whatever they was doing, right? They're, they weren't following God. But some of them had integrity and respecting marriage. Like, yo, why did you lie to me and tell me? And we had two characters that did the same. The first one was a little more crooked than the second one. Mm -hmm. But I, I saw how God used them to check. Okay, right. Like, yeah. you're, you're, you're the guy. You're God's guy. He's calling you out. And he's showing you things in your life, but you're still scared. Right. And the Lord used these other guys, right. these other nations, to check it. Right? Yeah. And it's the same thing with Judah, where um, his wife, you know, she went through all that setting him up and you got checked. Mm, right. Because you weren't keeping your promise. Right. You weren't being the man you were supposed to be. Right. You tried, you tried to do those things. So, you know, those, those like, you know, other characters that the Lord used in order to, you know, reveal certain things about the main characters, I like. And also, I like Hagar, man. Oh. Hagar. She was, uh, she went through it. Mm hmm Right? And, and we saw, we saw her transformation, right? Mm. You know, her getting persecuted to the point where she left. And then she met the Lord. Mm. And then she went back. Right? Mm-hmm. And... We saw the transformation of her son, Ishmael, because mm -hmm. Ishmael was the same way. Right. Started out rotten, started out being, you know, a rebel against God. Uh, what was he doing? He was making fun of the son of promise, mm -hmm. right? So he was, he was uh, wagging his finger at God. But then we saw his transformation towards the end, and they got blessed. Mm -hmm. So those those characters. You know the main characters are the main characters. They're, right. they're you know, you know they're they're big in the story. Right. But these these little characters, 
I think they had a very important role to play mm. in um, helping the main characters form their getting to know God even better. Because mm -hmm. now you're seeing how the Lord deals with other people. Right? And that was like a big part of it to be like, hey, God. You know, I, 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 she was she was cool. Don't don't get a Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> don't get a Hagar in your life. But right. Hagar, she, you know, what I'm saying. And remember how she got involved into the picture right. was because of the fear and trying to be cunning and not trusting in God. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, she, you know, the Lord the Lord showed her grace in the desert. Mm -hmm. You got Mike. I mean, I was gonna say Noah for one, mm. not because of you know, like you said, he's a main character. He did everything, but why Noah always sticks out to me is his patience. Mm. You know, a hundred and twenty years. Mm. You think about everybody else's promise. It was like two years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years. 120 years mm. and I think you know I, I tell Christians that's that's the hardest part of being a Christian is waiting on God you know yeah. waiting for God I think that's the hardest part of being a Christian because God will give you a promise you know very early but are you faithful enough to wait and how do you wait you know I think a lot of you know I think a lot of us we don't really fulfill our purpose that God wants for our life because one, we don't wait, you know, we don't wait and two, we're not faithful in the waiting, you know? So to think this man for 120 years kept building and kept working towards a promise that God made to him way long ago. You know, how many of us would have stopped mid through? Mm -hmm. How many of us would have started in the beginning, first 30 years building the boat and be like, you know what? This is too long, man. I can't, yo, when is this thing going to happen? Like, you know, it's just that the patience of Noah, I think that was the most important uh, characteristic that he had, his patience mm. and his faithfulness, you know, to wait 120 years. That always floors me because I see that's the number one thing in my life. God will tell me something very early, but I get frustrated waiting on God, waiting on God, waiting on God. And I realized every time I go before God, it gets ruined. But when I wait, it ends up being like Noah, <clears throat> where you can save the whole world. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how big the plan was for Noah, you know, because through Noah, the known world was saved. Yeah. You know, everybody was saved. So it's like, but what if Noah just gave up and was like, nope, I'm not building this boat. I don't want to do it no more. Like, you know, so, you know, Noah's always, his patience, Noah's patience is always the number one thing in um, in Genesis, because we see it through the other characters, because Abraham didn't wait, he got a Hagar, you know, because this man didn't wait, he got that. It's like, you know, it, it, when you saw yeah. the lack of patience in anybody else's life, something always bad happened. Mm -hmm. But the, when you waited on God, it came out beautiful. So, you know, Noah and you'll be my boy Lamech, baby. First <laughs> rapper. <laughs> I never saw that until we went yeah. through that season. Yeah. You yeah. know, to me, that was a revelation. Yeah. You know, because no, right. I, I read Genesis a million times. That's my favorite book. Yeah. You know, 
But when I saw Lamech and to see the current state of society and music and media, hip hop runs everything. Hip hop has been the pop music for, you know, you're talking about decades now. And to see where it's at and how destructive it is now, how it's destroying the lives of just the, the next generation, just to see how destructive it's become. You know, in the beginning, yeah, there were some things there, you know, there were some seeds there, but to see the fruits of what hip hop is now, mm. it's like, I would have, you could have never told me hip hop would have been what it is now. Mm. So to see that God was like, yeah, I know hip hop music is, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hip hop ain't nothing oh, new. Man. You thought hip hop right. started out in the park in the Bronx. Nah. <laughs> hip hop started with Lamech because the, the, the ingredients of hip hop, the, you know, just the, the boasting, the misogyny, the murder, yeah. right. all these things that you see that are at the core fiber of hip hop now. You know, I'm talking about now, just to see where it's at now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God was like, dog, that was since Genesis. Yep. You know, just to see all Because when you look at all other genres of music, it's not like hip hop. It's not as destructive. We're talking about murder and violence and all of that as hip hop is now. But to see God cover that with Lamech, that blew me away because you know I'm hip hop generation. That's what I am. Right. You know that's where that's the culture that I came from. You know, so it's like to see that God was like, nah, this ain't nothing new. That floored me and it put me, it put everything in perspective that God is eternal. There's nothing new under the sun. And just how it ended with Lamech, it's going to end with, you know, with, with the hip-hop culture. You know, are you going to say something? No, I was just um, thinking with the, when, as you brought up the hip-hop culture and Lamech. Um, I'm reading this book, and it had an interesting thing because we're seeing Lamech was following the line of Cain because we see how Cain left, and he gave you a, a little excerpt <clears throat> of what happened to the people that left and went away and did not want to repent because God gave him the opportunity to repent. But he, mm-hmm. he left, right, and created a city, and then you just saw his line, and that's where we get Lamech, the crazy rapper, and all this stuff, right? <laughs> the gangster <laughs> put, rapper. The gangster put rapper. A, put a context, context so people can understand because the first poem <laughs> was Lamech. Right, the first song. The first song, right. He was right. also he, the, he was the first poetry. person to practice polygamy. So, polygamy. Polygamy, right. And, then, and, and he, he was a bloodthirsty, vengeful right. person. Right. So, dog, that's the <laughs> those ingredients one on one. Right. 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 <laughs> but I'm <laughs> talking about, and, I, and again, I want to say We're, now, listen, like, yeah, because before you had, we see it. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to see it. Right. <laughs> no, because before there was, I think there was a bit of a more of a balance. Right, the yeah, hip hop right. I grew up, you know, listening right. to. There was, the, it the was conscious, there. There was that conscious, but thing there was, there not. was, yeah, there was more. It's like so now, when NWA came out, dog. Yeah, of course we know it's. It, I think it started way before NWA. Hip hop started in what? You, you give it seventy eight. But you had your Cool G raps. You had, you had yeah. all of that with Kane. You, they talked that talk. Uh, yeah. But what I'm trying to say is just those ingredients of, you know, like like you said, like you said, the polygamy, the misogyny, the. The, the the hardcore violence. Oh, you you know, a man did this to, to me, me and I right. injured him. Right. You know, just that whole mentality. Right, like right. even growing up, somebody stepped on your Jordans. Yeah, yeah. Dog, right. I gotta shoot him or I gotta hit him. Mm-hmm. Just that whole mind frame of, you know, 
you know, just that. You don't have to convince, convince me, <laughs> No, I'm, I'm not talking That's to you. That's a revelation. I'm not talking yeah, to you. Trust me, I'm not talking <laughs> to you. But, you know, again, that, that, I think that was the biggest, that was the number one character that stood out to me that I never saw in Genesis, yeah. was Lamech. So this is the interesting, I, I want to throw it out there. So I'm reading this book, right? And the guy wrote in, in the book, um, it's, it's by Ryan Peters, Peterson, um, and he and he said that you know how in Genesis six it talks about there were giants in those days and afterwards, and we're trying to find what happened afterwards. Was there some type of another fallen angel incursion that you know? But the way he was explaining, he was saying that that's actually like we think to uh, like the sons of God came, you know, at that moment in Genesis six, like it started then. But he's trying to explain that um, it started with the population explosion before. Noah came on the scene. That that's how come like the whole world was already corrupt because it happened like from Cain's era. So the image he's trying to say is that Satan came on the scene, you know, and and you know Cain came on, killed Abel because he thought because he was like, okay, you know what, Abel could possibly be the promise because of the prophecy in Genesis three fifteen that you know the seed is gonna come and crush serpent's head. Right. So he said, yo, he convinced Cain to kill him. Now I got the job done. Now they, that promise is. It stopped, but then all of a sudden he leaves, and then there's more people, population explosion. He's like, "How am I going to stop this Messiah from coming? If because you know I thought I had Abel, but then this, the world just exploded, and Cain left, created a whole nation of people, and all that. And he was like, and it's through that he was like, okay, I'm sons of God, yo, cause a third of the angels to rebel, right, and to sleep with the daughters of men, right." And it was, and he's proposing that it's through Cain's line was probably from this area of explosion that he started with the, the, uh, with the, um, you know, Nephilim. with the Nephilim from Cain's line. Mm. You know, so what do you guys think about? And he's like, and it just continued to explode. I mean, I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It was interesting because the whole thing, because I've always heard about, and after this, there were giants in those days and afterwards. But he was saying, like, we always think that there was an after. But he's talking about it was from the time of Cain up until the time of Noah that this was happening. And then that's why God put a stop on it because of this population explosion that happened up until the time of Noah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the ledge. <laughs> I know the ledge. You're on the ledge again. You're on the ledge again. Um, what, 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 I should say, what part of Genesis was like impactful to you? I should just say, just like, like really like, okay, this part of Genesis, this was the most impactful part of Genesis that I've read. I mean, that's a crazy, that's a hard qu question because this was the first time that I've ever done an in-depth study of it. Mm -hmm. So it all was like captivating, blew me away. You know, I would have to say, obviously, just the revelation to me of God's grace. But the one thing as, you know, I got to get to the shorties. <laughs> How long that took? The one thing as, <laughs> as a single dude and, you know, I think God revealed to me or just it was like it illuminated to me when reading about Adam and Eve and how a lot of Christians nowadays are like, I'm waiting for God's best. I'm waiting for, you know, the, the next best thing to come. And I felt like in the spirit reading, like God literally created Eve 
right, formed her for Adam. That was God's best for Adam. And God's best for Adam got him kicked out of the Garden of Eden. You know what I mean? And it was like a lot of people looking for that perfect person. The perfect, the person where there's not going to be problems in their marriage. The person that is just going to be able to just, you know, um, come in and complete them. And as, a, as somebody who's looking, it's like it made me sort of switch gears about what I'm looking for. And, um, and not looking for perfection, but looking for someone just... just who loves the Lord. And, and, and I just think that as single people out there, just when you see what happened in that first relationship, that first, you know, covenant of marriage, it was by far not perfect. I mean, one of their sons killed their other son. You know what I mean? Like they, they, you know, there was a murderer in their family. Like it's just mm. something that I just was stood out to me. And I just wanted to put that out there to whoever may be listening, who may be looking for you know, a spouse, that that person in front of you that seems amazing might be the person that God wants for you. And stop looking for God's best because as we see, like the person that God created for Adam, there were even issues there. So, you know what I, excuse me, you know what I learned which helped me in my walk? They were regular people. Mm-hmm. When I say regular, that's what I love mm-hmm. about Genesis. Yeah. So it's kind of like a lot of these guys now their their faith, right? We can learn from their faith. Mm-hmm. But you know, saying these men that you would probably put up on a pedestal, reading through Genesis and reading through the problems, when you're looking at the family of Israel and the stuff that they were going through, it was madness. <laughs> <laughs> So now it's like, yo, like you said. regular mm-hmm. people, the same emotions, the same thoughts and temptations, but, you know, seeing how God was able to use them, mm-hmm. right? And I'm always reminding myself, yo, it's the same God. So God still uses imperfect, dysfunctional people. Mm-hmm. But despite those things, right, despite those obstacles, despite those emotions and the turbulent life, they were able to remain faithful to God, yeah. right? So we think right. of Joseph, we think of Abraham. You'll get up, leave everything, leave the world that you know, and just go into this place, this desert. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to promise you, he, regular people, mm-hmm. right? So now it, it makes it more relatable mm. when you right. read about these people. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're not reading comic books where it's fictional. These are real people. And you see that in the families and the interactions between the husband and the wife. Sometimes we get the insight on what was going on in their minds and in their hearts. And that makes it just so much more relatable to me when I'm reading the story. Yo, these are regular people. One of the things that really impacted me is from what you were saying um, about promises. Um, How, you know, waiting on those promises and how hard it is to wait on promises and how Noah waited 120 years, right? And then you had these other guys that waited 20 years or, you know, you had all these people that... And and the promises, like you see, like, for example, with Abraham, you promise that you're going to have a child, you know? And he was like, yo... I'm putting everything on God because he said, I'm going to have a child and I'm going to be a father of multitudes. And he never saw that. 
But he, he understood. He trusted God. He believed in God for that. Same thing with Isaac. He said, yo, you're going to have this land, milk and honey, you know, and you're going to have multitudes. You're going to be, and it passed on to, to Jacob. And you see it continues on through this nation of Israel, right? Um, and the whole thing was these promises that they were waiting for. And, you know, it ultimately led to the promise of the coming Messiah, right? Mm -hmm. And and I really, it, what impacted me is that I think we, as Christians, our walk usually falters because we lose sight of the promises. Right. You know, so we always lose sight of the promises of God. Yep. And like these guys, they got, your know, Abraham was, you're going to be a father of nations and you're going to get this land. Now the promises as born again Christians that we have, eternal life, hope in Jesus, hope in Jesus sitting in heaven, in heavenly places, you know, that you have inherited this, you know, kings, you know, always loved, never forsaken. We have a list of promises throughout the scriptures and we never sit down and just focus on these are the promises. And I'm not even talking about the temporal promises of, oh, like, yo, you're going to do here. You're going to share here. This is your ministry. But the eternal promises that he has for us, you know, was so impactful because these men were on that promise that I'm going to be a father. I'm going to get this land. And now I got, yo, I'm a son mm -hmm. of God. Mm. That's dope. And I'm going to be sitting in heavenly places judging nations? Right. Judging angels. Judging angels? Like, how easily we forget these things. And that's how it's easy to backslide. It's easy to fall into sin. I mean, yeah, we're going to mess up. We're going to sin. But, like, easy to, like, walk away because we don't focus on the promises that God has given us. And I, I like that you pointed that out because, you know, always going through Genesis, the one character that I've never really focused on was Joseph. You know, like I've always focused on Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, the fall, Cain, Abel. But Joseph was one of the characters. I, I just, you know, I would read it, but going <clears throat> through it this time and I really had appreciation for his character, his walk. You know, and it goes to exactly what you said, him focusing on the promise of God. Yeah. You know, God showed him a vision when he was young and why I appreciate it so much because he was betrayed by the ones that were closest to him. Mm. You know, you talk about his own brothers, you know, he was betrayed by the, the ones that was closest to him and for him to just keep that focus the whole time. You know, you're talking about your brother sold you into slavery. You know, you you probably would have been, anybody else would have been broken because that was so close to you. You know, your brothers were so close to you. This is your own family, but always keeping focus. And even, you know, you see just a chunk of his life where he was alone. Mm -hmm. You know, he's away. Because, like, when we read Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they always had their family around. You know, it was mother, your mother around, your wife is around. You know, your brothers is around. There was always some kind of your uncles. There was always some kind of, you know, family around. But this guy went on his own and he had nobody during that time. You know, in jail, in Potiphar's house and always kept that focus, you know, like, no, you know, God has a purpose for my life. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to stay there. And it's beautiful. You know how the book of Genesis ends, you know, what? 
they thought was for evil turned out to be good. Mm-hmm. And when we see that, we see just such a picture of the gospel. You know, Satan thought he was wiping out Jesus Christ when he did what he did. You know, his his plan was for evil. But for from that came what? Came the church, came, came the salvation for all the world. Mm. And I feel like that's just, you know, our walk as Christians, like, it's, it's not supposed to be easy, bro. It's not supposed to be all roses. That's not what, that's not the walk. The walk is supposed to be, you know, a, a lot of times it's going to look like Joseph. Where it's not about, you know, a lot of times we talk about, oh, before we were saved, you know, all the, everything was bad and now everything is good. No. Sometimes your biggest losses come after you get saved. Your biggest tests, your biggest trials, the biggest tribulation come after you get saved. And it's... Are you going to remain faithful? Even when the people closest to you abandon you, even when the people closest to you don't understand, are you going to be faithful because it's just you and God? And I love that about Joseph's story, that right. it was just him and God. There was point, you know, when he was in Potiphar's wife, when he was in jail, you know, even after that, it was just him and God and he stayed faithful to God. Even when nobody else understood, even when there were people that was trying to set him up, you know, Potiphar's wife trying to set him up and get him all hemmed up. It didn't matter. He stayed faithful to God. And I think a lot of times, you know, it, it's hard for us to keep that walk because, you know, like we was talking about before, you know, you were betrayed by, you know, your parents, your mother, your father. They didn't raise you right, this or that, such and such. And it's so hard to let that go. It's so hard to forgive and to see him forgive his brother. His brothers, you know, for what they yeah. did, that grace, you, that grace. grace, you know, like these, you know, they, they, the, their goal was to just totally destroy your life, bro. Mm-hmm. But because you stayed faithful to God, look what happened. You end up saving the whole nation, mm-hmm. you know. So again, it just, it just showed me the faithfulness, you know, staying faithful again, waiting on the promises of God. But how do we wait? You know, do we wait faithfully? Or are you just gonna sit there and? teach that Sunday school for 10 years and wait for God to put something on. You know, I was talking to Marcus before. I was like, you know, when we first got saved, I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I just knew I just wanted to serve God. I didn't know where God was taking me, but God put me in a place. And a lot of times I saw everybody else moving. And I told Marcus, I was like, everybody else around us was moving. And we was just kind of in the same spot, me and him. You know, we was just looking at each other, but it didn't matter. We were just here for God. And we were staying faithful to God. And, you know, after just years of being discipled, years of just just doing the same things, it, it seemed monotonous. It seemed like, oh, you're, you're doing the same thing over and over again. Yo, why you don't get up and go do something special? No, waiting for God is the, the, the best thing we could do. And then out of that came, and then when we started the podcast, it was kind of was like, wow. Mm-hmm. This is why we didn't move. When everybody else was moving and shaking, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't understand why everybody was moving and shaking. A lot of people didn't understand why we were just standing still. Like, yo, you guys ain't doing nothing? No, waiting on God. And then when the podcast came, I spoke to him. I was like, the other day me and him was kicking it. And I was like, yo, bro, I thank God I waited on God, B. Because if I had moved and shake and did something else before God, I probably would have regretted it. Who knows where I would have been right now in total regret because I moved before God. Thank God I waited for God. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. amen. So, uh, we got any closing final thoughts? We actually gonna do something special in this wrap up. 
like like we've had like ten wrap ups. <laughs> <laughs> this is wrap up two. <laughs> nah, but you know, Ralph is gonna lead us in just communion. You know what I'm saying? And um, but before we get to that, any quick closing thoughts on? Yeah, Whatever, I think uh, one thing that also jumps jumps out at me is, you know, what we were talking about people not believing the Bible, and if you could literally believe the first verse of the Bible, <laughs> in the beginning God created, then everything else is true as well. That's right. It should be easy. You know what I mean? Like that first verse, believe it, and then nothing is too hard for God. Amen. Created, you know, the world. He took chaos and created order. You know what I mean? So just concentrate on that verse, believe it, and then the rest of it should be easy. Amen. Anybody else? Totally, totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> and to add on that, if you want to know what's happening right now in 2022, read Genesis. Word. You want to Word. understand what's happening in this world right now? Mm-hmm. Go and read Genesis. It happened there first. Yeah. <laughs> None of it. You said it twice yeah. already. None of it is new. And w- I love hearing what this pastor said. Um, he said, um, if you want to know what's going on in the world, read the newspapers. If you want to know why it's happening, mm. read the Bible. Read the Bible. <laughs> I think I think just a quick closing thought is just um, again you know the word is about Jesus even Genesis and just so many typologies of Christ we saw yeah. through the Bible you know from you know the the um, the seed of the woman you know crushing the head of the serpent you know um, Isaac you know Abraham sacrifi- sacrificing Isaac mm. on the mount you know um, you know Jacob to to uh, Joseph's life. You know, just so many things of Jesus. And, it, and you know, it goes back to one of my favorite scriptures, you know, when he, I think he was talking to the Pharisees and he was like, you know, you search the word thinking in them you have life, but I'm the life. You know, and again, we go through the word of God, not just because we want to show that we, you know, we know or whatever, you know, like, no, we really go through the word of God because we want to know about Jesus. We want to see Jesus. You know, and I get so excited every time I see a typology of Christ in the Old Testament, because, again, it just proves that he is God. He's eternal. He's been here from the very beginning. And the word is true. Everything that he said is true. And when I see him, you know, it's like, where's Waldo? I see him pop up, you know, in the Old Testament. I get so excited because I'm like, he's the main character. You know, we could talk about Noah, we could talk about Abraham, we could talk about Isaac, but the really the main character is Jesus Christ. That's it. And I love the way the Holy Spirit pens just the word of God to show, you know, him throughout the Bible, Jesus throughout the whole, even in the Old Testament, even from the very beginning in Genesis with the, the seed. Mm. All right, so let's, uh, let's, get, let's get our communion on. All righty. Guys, so this is, um, we're going to just um, take communion and just a little bit of what it is. You know, Christ, that's one of the things he said for us to do in remembrance of him. You know, I could actually read um, when, when he said this. So I'm, gonna be, I'm in Matthew's chapter 26, 
and he says, Jesus, this is, this is the, the Lord's Supper, right? And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat this. This is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remissions of sin. But I say to, unto you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it anew with my, um, with you in my Father's kingdom. So pretty much, communion is a commemoration of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Mm -hmm. uh, his body was broken, mm -hmm. and the bread represents his body being broken. And we remember this because, you know, this is what he did for us. His body was broken for us, mm -hmm. right? And then the, the drink, he said, drink this cup. This blood was the blood that was spilled for us in order us to come back into a right relationship with God the Father through Jesus, the, through his broken body. Because mm -hmm. um, the only way we could get into a re right relationship with the Father is through the Son. And it was through his broken body on the cross on Calvary. That's the only way um, we get to him. So he said, do this and remember this, because this is something that, you know, we should do and we should remember, because this is the greatest sacrifice ever. As we went through Genesis and we saw one sin brought destruction to all of humanity, the entire world. And the only way we could repair that relation that was broken um, between God and humanity was through his son. So he did this for us, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so this is why we do this uh, commemoration of this communion. And one little thing I wanted to kind of like um, bring out I'm going to Luke chapter 22. Um, and I'm going to start from verse 39. He says, he says, coming out, he went to Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Mm -hmm. All right. He said, so now we all know this is Jesus when he was agonizing um, in the Garden of Gethsemane because he knew what he was about to face. Mm -hmm. He was about to drink the cup of wrath, mm -hmm. you know, and we know what that cup of wrath was, right? Um, just a little bit of what that cup of wrath was is Revelation Fourteen, he says. Um, I'm gonna start from verse nine. He says, "Then a third angel followed him, saying in a loud voice, 'If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead for, or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation.'" He said that this cup of wrath. I'm a part of all those who did not believe. Mm. Mm. Right? And now, we're at a point where 
this cup of wrath belonged to us. Mm -hmm. We were those people that were supposed to drink of this cup. We were supposed to drink of this cup of wrath, of this indignation, because we are the ones that we are filled with wickedness, headed into the kingdom of darkness, kingdom of death, because not only we were born and shaped in, in sin, we chose to sin in thoughts, deed, and action. So that cup of wrath that Jesus was asking for in the Garden of Gethsemane to be taken from him was the same cup of wrath that he drank on our behalf. Mm-hmm. He drank that cup of wrath so that we did not have to drink that cup. Mm, right. Could you imagine that? So Jesus, looking at the Father's face, decided to drink that cup because he saw the love of the Father for his children, and he saw our faces, he saw humanity, that the only way they could ever have a chance is if he take that wrath upon himself so that we don't have to drink of that cup. Because mm. what cup we get a chance to drink? Like, how did we get here? Could you imagine that? We deserve all that wrath. But then he took it upon himself for us. Mm. And then we have, I went to go, this one last scripture in Psalms 116, starting at verse um, 12, he says, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord, not in the presence of his people. So David here in this psalm said, I will take on the cup of salvation. So we exchange cups. Mm. Jesus took the cup of wrath mm. on our behalf so that we didn't have to suffer the wrath of God. Mm. And he gave us the cup of salvation right. for us to have eternal life with him. So this is why we, we do communion and remember it. We remember because Jesus. we exchanged cups. Right. Amen. Mm. Wow. So guys... Let's take, uh, everybody take, okay, so all of us, let's take this bread, this is a commemoration of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Thank you, Father. who went on the cross for us, mm. the wrath that we deserved, he mm. took it for us, mm. Amen. thank you Jesus, it was broken for us, for our salvation that we may live. And live eternally with him forever and ever. Let's all partake. At the same token, when he drank that cup, he bled, he sweated blood. And when he was taken to the cross of Calvary, his blood was drained through his body from the piercing of his hands piercing of his feet, the crown of thorns, the wound on his side. So he said he poured out this blood for the remission of our sins so that we may never have to suffer this, so that we could have, so that we could become born again and have new life in him. And we thank him and let's partake. Amen. Amen. Close 
So, dear Lord, we come together, Lord, just uh, just four brothers who love you, Lord, our dad. Just grateful that you showed mercy, that you showed grace to us. Um, Lord, just grateful that you've allowed us to go through this this entire book of Genesis. I'm grateful for the uh, the obedience that I've learned, you know, through my brothers, Lord, just there, um, just watching them, you know, be men of God, Lord, and, and lead their families, Lord. I'm just so grateful for these men that you've put in my life. Um, so, Lord, we love you. Uh, we look forward to seeing what you are going to do in the future um, in in our lives, but also in this ministry, this podcast. So I pray that you would bless those who are listening, bless those who are watching. And um, Lord, may your name be glorified through all of this uh, wickedness in these times that we are living. And may many turn to you and turn from the darkness. And may many give their hearts to you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.